Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin and joining me, as always, is Emmanuel Penglis. Emmanuel, how are you? Michael Corbin, judging by your tone, the Roosters must have won on the weekend. They did. Uh, pretty happy with the results. Uh, we will talk about teams later and our tips later. But breaking news uh, this afternoon, actually, I think it was more this morning, the NRL... Uh, approved and the ARLC approved the new 18th man rule. Do you want to give us some details, Emmanuel? Uh, they did approve the rule. That is correct. So the rule was originally introduced to manage concussions uh, if three players are impacted by the HIA, but that seems to have been expanded now to include foul play if the opposition's player is sin-binned or sent off as a result of the incident. What do you think about this? Yeah, so just to clarify, if a player is deemed to be ruled out for the rest of the game due to an injury and the foul play has led to a player being sin-binned or sent off, uh, an 18th man can come in. It's no longer that emerging player that we spoke about last week either. It's because anyone... it was because it was a stupid rule. Because it was a stupid rule. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think they they put out they they fleshed it out a little bit. They've heard what everyone had to say and they've they've made these changes and I think they're for the better. Yeah. Um, and that 18th man is anyone in the 30-man squad, uh, and they have to be named within the 21 on Tuesday. Okay. I really like this foul play part of it, and I think this is the better approach. We Correct. know that the the three players in the HIA was apparently, I saw on Twitter, I think it was Andrew Ferguson, it's a 1 in 1,500 game event for mm-hmm. three players to be concussed um, or to be ruled out of the rest of the game with concussion. So it's not common, that threshold that the NRL set. It was a bit of a gimmick. It's something that coaches would have in their control and discretion, and we were worried about perhaps uh, coaches sort of manipulating those rules and exploiting them. But the foul play concept I really like, because so often we have circumstances where um, players get away with 10 minutes in the bin and the other team suffers for the rest of the game, especially in, in cases where it's a key player that sort of gets knocked out and about. My, just thinking as I'm talking here, my thing with this is the one person I think of is uh, Felice Kafusi, yep, who probably was... should have been sent wasn't. or sin-binned and wasn't. Yes. Now, so what happens there? So, it, look, it, again, it's all to the rest discretion most people do think that Felice Kafusi should have been at least Sinbin. Yeah. And in that case, Ryan Madison was out. He was done for the game. You could tell that he was he was not passing that HIA. Yeah. He was not coming back. The 18th man would then come in. Um So yeah, I think yeah, I think the rule changes for the better. Uh as I like they I obviously got a bit of backlash last week after bringing it out. I was like, this is a this is a, a reactionary rule. Uh, that hasn't really been thought out, and it seems like they've put a bit of thought into it this week, and they've they've got it more correct than what it should have been. Yeah, 
and th- and that's good. And it, it, I like that they sort of didn't persist with this whole emerging player thing, which Agreed. is a stupid, undefined, um, and just a ridiculous idea. Going with someone in the squad makes so much more sense yeah. um, and contributes to better quality football from someone that trains with the team week in, week out. Exactly. All right. The other big story this week, Emmanuel, and this one is uh, close to your heart, is the Adam Reynolds saga. Now, Adam Reynolds is off contract at the end of this year and has yet to re-sign with South Sydney. Now, you're giving me this look like you've got something to say, so I'm going to let you take the floor here. Okay. From their readmission in 2002 until 2012, Souths have had... South's had a significant halfback issue, okay? So names like Chris Sandow, Brett Kearney, Joe Williams, Nathan DiBartolo are four names that I remember from when I was younger that played halfback for Souths. In the period since 2012, um, Souths have had a lot of stability. Adam Reynolds was a junior. He played in the Souths NYC team that were minor premiers in 2010 and ended up losing the grand final to the Warriors, who were led by Sean Johnson at that time. Um, he had an injury in 2011, did his ACL, was ruled out for the season. Uh, in 2012, he had a breakout season with Souths. He was 22 years old, and he was in um, complete control of most games for Souths that year, including the preliminary final in 2012. Um, and he pulled his hamstring just before halftime when Souths were up 8-6. They lost 32 points to 8. Um, but his record speaks for itself. He's one of the sharpest shooters in the competition. He's got a strike rate of 83%. A couple of seasons, it's been as high as 90%. Um, he has clicked, kicked clutch field goals for us um, to win matches. But most importantly, he's a local junior. He's played 210 games for Souths. Um, he's one game behind Bob McCarthy, which he will equal this weekend, um, who is the third most capped Souths player behind only John Sutton and Nathan Merritt. Uh, he's scored 1,674 points for South, second only to Eric Sims. He's the club captain. He grew up in South's heartland of Redfern. Good halfbacks are hard to find, and there are many teams that would relish the chance to have him in their squad. Uh, I'm just a humble South's member. I don't have all the information in front of me about why South's are taking the approach they are if Adam Reynolds does have the medical problems that are, are in the media. Um, but to me, this seems like a no-brainer um, to keep him on board, especially in a year where our premiership window is open and this risks becoming a huge distraction. Souths have a very good chance of winning the comp this year with our captain, Adam Reynolds, in charge. The other thing that really concerns me about this is uh, there's all this stuff about Reynolds could go at the end of the season and there is no sort of clear alternative that fans and members can see. Uh, I can't. Uh, some names have been mentioned in the media, but I've never seen these players blooded. I've never seen them played. This weekend, Cody Walker suspended. And there's no sort of throw in a new young half to see how they go against a hapless Broncos. It's throw in Benji Marshall. Um, and for me, I, ju- I just think that this needs to be sorted out quickly uh, and there needs to be some sort of resolution going forward because it's been going on for six weeks now, longer. Yeah, so the issue is, and I believe it's the length of the contract. Reynolds wants either a two- or three-year deal and Souths, as you said, how old is he now? He's 32, 33? He's going to be 31 this year. He's going to be 31 this year. 
They don't want to give him a three-year deal. Right? They think that he, at, at the back end of that contract, he's going to be more of a liability than he is going to be uh, someone who can help you win games. And that's where I think he and he wants he wants the reassurance. You only get a finite amount of time playing rugby league. He's he, as you said, he came into the first grade as twenty two. By the time a three year deal ends, he'll be playing rugby league for twelve, thirteen years. That's not a long stint to earn some money. So he wants to uh, ensure his financial stability in the future. You cannot blame him for that. No, you can't. You can't blame him for that. Um, he is. By all media reports, he's willing to play, pay, be paid less money to play for South than he would for other clubs. Uh, there are a heap of other clubs in the competition. I'm thinking of a few winless clubs at the moment uh, that would be looking for a, a good halfback. The big one is the Cowboys. The big one is the Cowboys, but you know what? The Broncos could probably do with a premiership winning halfback too. Of course too. they could, yep. Um, fortunately for South, those two clubs are well out of Sydney and well away from from Adam, where Adam grew up in Redfern. Where um, his family is, where his whole life has been. It, it'll be a big change. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really tough situation. I can see both sides' arguments. My I, my my big thing is, as you said, South, South have a premiership window. It's this year and next year, Yeah. right? This is where you've got a lot of players re-signed and you're not going to be losing a lot of players except for Reynolds. Yeah. The youngest player to win a premier, the youngest halfback to lead a team to the premiership in the NRL era was Daly Cherry Evans at 22 years old. Yeah. Right? You don't have the next Daly Cherry Evans in your reserve grade, I don't think. Because we haven't heard, as you said, we haven't heard these names. So if you don't win it this year and you lose Adam Reynolds, your opportunity to win the title goes downhill straight away. Yeah. It's, I, a lot of what we're hearing and even what I've just said is from the perspective of Reynolds. Like these are these are his career accolades. This is what he represents for the club. And we don't really get the club's perspective on why they're not offering more, which I think is partly a good thing because you don't want this all played out in the media. Yeah. But it is getting uglier. At the same time, without, as I said, and as you've just flagged, without a credible alternative plan for if Adam Reynolds plays his last game for Souths at the end of this year who will be number seven next year partnering Cody Walker in the halves without that credible option available. And I think just South's fans are going to be left stumped. So hopefully this gets all resolved very quickly because in 2014, we had a similar distraction with Sam Burgess that did get resolved early on in the season. And we know how that went. Obviously I'd like Reynolds to stay. Um, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Uh, while we're on Souths, they are the first game of the week. Should we start talking about uh, round five? Let's start talking about round five. Before we begin, though, let's uh, have a recap of the tipping uh, from last week. There's a couple perfect rounds. There, were, the whole competition got a shake up this week, so it it was really just embarrassing on my part because I accidentally tipped the Bulldogs and my margin was about. 40 points or something. So my margin on my ladder has gone way out the door. <laughs> but this is a sign of how easy tipping is, is at the moment and how lopsided the NRL competition is. I got six and dropped spots on the ladder. Yeah. Six was a low score this week. Shout out to, in our top 10, Jimmy Stav, Stavrianis, who 
is the NRL's longest-serving employee and who he showed his knowledge of rugby league this week. He is now jumped up to second place. And Alexander B, I have no idea who that is. Nope. But congratulations to you yep. because you're now uh, third. Both of them are on 26 points, uh, equal second behind Nick Saturis, who got commendable seven out of eight. Um, there was also a perfect round uh, lower down the ladder that I did not notice and did not shout out on the podcast. And and uh, did not shout out in your post and got vilified for it. Yeah, so um, <laughs> congratulations to Eleni as well for that. But there are a lot of sixes, a lot of sevens, and three ten out of eights here. So um, tipping's easy. The competition's lopsided. Uh, and that could continue on Thursday night when Souths and the Broncos meet. Yep. So first game, Thursday night, Souths versus Broncos. As you mentioned, Cody Walker is out. Cody Walker's out, and so is Keon Kolomatangi, who has been awesome for us this season. Um, So Benji comes in to play in the halves with Adam Reynolds. Uh, I really look forward to seeing this. I've really enjoyed it every week when Benji's come on. It's exciting football to watch him there. Um, And then Jacob Host comes into the back row um, for Kolomatangi, Dean Hawkins. So he he's the person who is touted to replace Adam Reynolds. Yes, he is a halfback. So you ha- you are carrying that extra half on the bench. So he is one of the names. I think there's I don't know I can't remember the other guy's name, but he's one of the guys who is touted to be the next halfback for Souths if you do decide to move on from Adam Reynolds. Yep. Um, and then for the Broncos, Farnworth is out with shoulder soreness, and Kennard comes into the centres. He used to play for South from memory. Richie Kennard. Yeah. And then um, Carrigan's out suspended. Pangai Jr. is named to start at lock. I think uh, Brody Croft also got the shaft. He did. Tom Dearden's in the side uh, after training uh, as the starting halfback all off-season. Uh Broncos needed a shake-up after last week. Brian Pappenhausen outscored them quite easily by himself. Uh, scored 24 points in the first half. And the Broncos have made a drastic change this week, uh, replacing their halfback. I still don't think it'll matter. I think Souths are a far better team, and they should get this easily. I think Souths will win this. Uh, without Walker there, I hope that... There is a good combination brewing between Luttrell and Damien Cook. Uh, and Luttrell is following Cook up the middle because, as you know, uh, Cody was there supporting Cook last week um, for a couple of those tries against the Dogs. Yeah, good to see Cook getting out and running as well. It was great. And, you know, um, in all credit to Canterbury last week, they really made Souths work for that. And the scoreline in the first half, I think, was not a reflection of the game. Obviously, the quality of the side took over, but we'll talk about the hapless Bulldogs in a little while. Yep. Next game, we have the Warriors versus the Manly Sea Eagles. Now, big news for the Warriors because um, today the travel bubble with New Zealand was announced. So the Warriors are hoping to play their first game back in New Zealand since the end of 2019 in mid-July if all goes well, which will be absolutely really exciting. I think it's a game against St. George. It's penciled in for, I think, the first weekend of July from memory, um, So, which is exciting and a real boost to the Warriors. They're going to host Manly in Gosford at 6 p.m. on Friday. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, Warriors weren't 
Warriors did lose on the weekend. I thought they sh- they would win against the Roosters. Um, they did not. My tips uh, suffered because of it. But Manly Manly is probably there. There's two unbelievably terrible teams in the NRL. Manly is one of them. Uh, they've conceded more points than anyone else in the competition, uh, and their attack just isn't firing at all. Now, the only saving grace that they have is that in Jersey 21, Tom Trebojevic is named. So maybe he makes a shock return. I don't know. But I am tipping the Warriors in this one. That's Ben. Ah, it's Ben Trebojevic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tom's still not named. He's still a week away, they reckon. I think the Warriors win this. Um... How can you tip Manly? How no, you can you tip Manly? That you can't. Do you know their defensive record is so bad? It is so bad. There's a lack of effort. There's no commitment. No one is communicating with each other. Um, these are the salary cap problems we've been talking about on this podcast since the start of last year. You really need the Trebojeviches and Daily Cherry Evans there. Dylan Walker is out of position. Foran and Cherry. It's just they need a hooker. They, there's so much they need that it's just all a bit out of whack. And um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think Jake's had the best season either. I, I don't, don't know. Think I so. know. I know. I know the team around him is terrible, but I don't think he's been as good as I've seen him as well. So when you're everyone, everyone when you're just, stuck, when you're stuck and you're in that hole, it, it's so hard to get exactly. out of it. I think just like the, the morale is just bringing everyone down yeah. in the team, unfortunately. And for a team, for a, like Hasler had this team. Two years ago, we all thought they were sure in for the wooden spoon. Yeah. And he somehow managed to rally them to make the top eight. I don't know. He, I, It seems like he's lost them now. Yeah. And he just got an extension as well. So it's going to be some tough times for the Manly Seagulls ahead. Uh, okay, yeah. Friday night is easily the match of the round. Yeah. Panthers hosting Canberra at um, Blue Bet Stadium. Penrith, how can you tip against them? It's actually just, it's incredible. That I've realised they've conceded 12 points this season. Yeah. They've held two teams to nil. Um, mind you, one of them was the Dogs, and the other one was Manly, from memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't tip against them. It's going to be a good, good clash, though. Good battle in the forwards. Um, Mitch Kenny is playing nine up against Josh Hodgson. Um, but Cleary has just been absolutely incredible uh, since we returned to footy. And I noticed that Burton is again in the centres and Crichton is at fullback. So good to see they're making good use of Burton, which means there's no chance of him going to the Dogs anytime soon. No, uh, it was the Cowboys who they kept in uh, round one. Uh, but yeah, Panthers, they're great. Look, Raiders were really good on the weekend. Um, Charles Nickel Cox, uh, Cookstar had an incredible game, um, and they're a really good team, Pan- uh, Canberra. But I think Penrith are the best team in the competition. Yeah. Um, they've they've versed some good teams and beaten some good teams. Um, Cleary is probably the best halfback in the competition at the moment. Yeah. Maybe one of the better play, like one of the best plays in the competition at the moment. He's his control of a game is incredible and it just allows Luai to play the style of football that he wants. Stephen Crichton is not a slouch at fullback. He's definitely 
probably going to make that move there at some point in his career. Yeah. So yeah, they're not losing too much with him being back there. This yeah, this team is is stacked, and they've you know players like Coruscant still out, and they don't lose a step. So yeah. I'm tipping. The yeah, I'm tipping the Panthers too, but it's going to be a very physical clash. That's two big forward packs coming up against each other. Great. Um, so that'll be a cracker. Saturday afternoon, Titans hosting the Knights. Haven't Newcastle got some troubles? Yeah, that game on the weekend was tough to watch, especially if you're a Knights fan. You lost Mitchell Pearce to a peck injury. You lost Kurt Mann to a concussion. You lost Tex Hoy to a hamstring injury. So that is your one, six, and seven all gone, and no team can come back from that. Like they, they showed some resolve, uh, but you know the the Tigers, uh, the Tigers, the Dragons, the Dragons got the victory just because of the lack of troops for the night for the Knights. It was a uh, really tough game for them. They do get bolstered by Kalen Ponga being named at one and probably playing his first game of the season. But um, I'm, I think the Titans are a better team. I think they're going to start struggle for a little while in Newcastle. Yeah. They um, had to request um, exemptions from the NRL this week because I think it's they've only got 19 out yeah, of they, 30 available. They couldn't name 21. Uh, they couldn't name 21. So Titans back at home. Um, yeah. they tight, Look, Titans... The, the scoreline does not reflect how well the Titans played on the weekend. Um, Canberra actually saved, and I'm talking like ball over the line, knocked a ball out of people's hands. They saved three genuine tries yeah. on the weekend. They learned from two of us a check. They did. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the, like, the Titans did not, the scoreline does not reflect how well the Titans played. Um, they were solid, and I think that they are, they are probably a top eight team. Knights are going to suffer with Mitchell Pearce out. He's, he's it's a almost huge, everything it's a, to. He's yeah, almost it's everything a huge to blow. It's a huge blow. Um, and Blake Green's in at seven, but he is injury prone as well. So he's coming back um, off an ACL. An ACL. Tear, so. so tough times at Newcastle. I think the Titans will win this one. Um, which takes us to the next match. The Bulldogs host the Storm on Saturday afternoon at 5.30. This is going to be ugly. So, the record for most minutes played without a point scored is 321 minutes. At this present time, the Dogs are 243 minutes of game time without having a try scored. If Point, point, point scored. Point scored, sorry. If Melbourne... Hold the Bulldogs 2-0. They will break the record held by the 2014 Cronulla Sharks. Yeah. But have faith, Bulldogs fans, because the Sharks won the comp two years later. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm i going to be really honest. The Bulldogs made Souths work for that last Friday. Yeah. I, I, I There yeah. was a lot of effort in there. They were unlucky. Lachlan Lewis got concussed early. They struggled, but they gave it their all. And it's just one of those things, when you're going well, luck runs your way. And there were so many times the dogs were attacking. The dogs, um, I'm trying to think who kicked it, and it went, was it Meany that kicked it? And it went down into the in goal, and Latrell was trapped, and it was the first set after points. 
and Souths were on, had their backs against the wall, and suddenly there's a drop ball or a knock on, and Souths just go up the other end and score. Yeah. And that's just good teams finding ways to win, and and winning becomes a habit, right? And yeah. the dogs are just stuck in this terrible rut. I think they're also just like they're unlucky. Like even the Cowboys on the weekend, they had a ball drop and fall into a player's lap who was able to run the length of the field. Like yeah. they they haven't even had those chances. Yeah. I I messaged you saying like the dogs haven't scored in three games, yeah. right? Two and a half, three games. I still don't think they're the worst team in the competition. No. I think they're trying hard. Now they've reshuffled their back line again. Delamotetting Zalesniak is playing fullback. Um and Jake Avarillo is back at six because Lachlan Lewis is still suffering that uh from that concussion. But I yeah, I just there's no way you can fit the dogs against Melbourne. No, and Michael, you haven't even mentioned... I know, I was just about to <laughs> beat what, what, to it. What? He's named, he's back a man, he could be back a manual. Harry Grant has been named. Harry Grant returns. Possibly, he's on, Possibly. The, he's on, the, he's on the extended bench. Felice Cafusi's be... back too, so yes, look from out. Suspension. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, Ryan Pappenhausen scored 24 of Melbourne's 24 uh, first half points yeah. against the Broncos on the weekend. Um, he is playing electric football and yeah, Munster's, Munster's playing well. Jerome Hughes is really embracing that halfback role. Melbourne's a good team and their forward pack is really strong. I think their weakness is at, on the wing with George Jennings. Yeah. But other than that, they're pretty strong throughout and Harry Grant coming back. He was one of the better hookers in the comp last year. Uh, Brandon Smith. I don't think his best position is hooker, so it'll improve them. And yeah, they're only getting better. Yeah, that's going to be an ugly scoreline, I think. Let's let's hope the Bulldogs can put some points on the board. If you uh, question for you, if you're down, uh, if you're down twenty four nil, yeah, right, seventy eighth minute, the Bulldogs get a try, get a penalty twenty meters out from uh, their own line, uh, from Melbourne's line. Yeah, do you take the two? Well, Michael, if you take the two, that really concerns me because it means they're well aware of the statistic and they just don't want to be named. I'd yeah. rather... This this happened last week as well. They had a couple of opportunities in front of the post to kick two. And they didn't take it. And they didn't take it. Yeah, and which is, I think, the right approach. It is the right approach because what does it say to your fans if you're just going out there to avoid the worst record of all? Yeah. You need to put in the effort to make a genuine attempt. You're not going to improve by just taking the points. I Agreed. mean, it's tokenistic. Agreed. Okay, right. Saturday night, Roosters host Cronulla. Um, Sam Walker, we'll talk about him in a moment, but I just think that this is actually a really good game. I think these two teams are probably very evenly killed, given the Roosters' injury stats, uh, injury crisis, um, Cronulla humming along. I think that this is a really, really, really good, even contest. I think the Roosters have the edge. I think there's still too much talent on this Roosters team, despite their injuries. Yeah. Now, um, Sam Walker was really good in his first performance. Um, he looked in control. He was talking on the field. He was he was roaming uh, from side to sideline to sideline, trying to find opportunities which is exactly what you want to see. He, his first couple of kicks weren't great, but then he started getting into the flow of it. Uh, I like what I saw. I really, really like what I saw. Um, 
there was there was talk that Joseph Manu would play six, and uh, Hutchinson would move to the bench or play hooker, and Suwali would come in. I think what Robbo wants to do is he wants to make sure that you have someone who is a like who has played in the halves more frequently than someone like Manu to partner Walker initially, yeah. and then you can start experimenting. Now Lachlan Lamb will also be back in five to six weeks or something like that, and that's probably who's going to partner him in the halves eventually. But I could see eventually the Roosters moving to Manu at six just to give us a bit more spark. Um, but I think this team is... It's, it's a top eight team. I don't know if it's top four team. It's going to be close. Um, the other news is Jake Friend is I'm hours, hours, days away from making his retirement speech. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see Jake playing another minute for the Roosters, unfortunately. And Sam Verrills is a couple of weeks away as well. He's had a bit of a setback with his knee injury, so there's still there's still injuries going on. Satili Tupanua has been named after that a nasty concussion, so I don't know if he will suit up this weekend. Um, Roosters are struggling to field 21. So, yeah, injuries are piling up. Sharks look good against the Cowboys, but... It's the Cowboys. Cowboys make yeah. everyone look good. Yeah. Um, they narrowly lost to the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're one of those... I think there's like a, 10 teams that you think are hovering around that, uh, you know, top eight. Sharks are, Sharks are going to win some games against bad teams. Yeah. It's whether they can beat the good teams. Yeah. They're a good this, test. Is a, this is a good test. A good this test. is a really good test for them. They like to grind it out, and at Roosters with a, a junior halves combination could be rattled by Sharks grinding away. Yeah. Uh, it could be panic stations for Sam Walker and Hutchinson early. There's no calm heads there if things aren't going to plan, and the Sharks are a team that could exploit that. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Townsend, Townsend uh, has been really good for the Sharks as well this year. He's really embraced that lead playmaker role yep. uh, in the absence of Sean Johnson. Uh, I'm assuming you are... Who are you tipping? I'm tipping the Roosters. I'm going the Sharks. All right. All right. Okay, Saturday, Sunday afternoon football. The Tigers host the Cowboys. We're tipping against the Cowboys, but Tamalolo is back, uh, which will can be... Can I just say... Can you? The Tigers are $1.35 favourites. Yeah. They've won one game this season. Gamble responsibly. I think that... <laughs> that I, is how bad the Cowboys are. Can I tell you, the Tigers weren't that bad last. No, they weren't. They were unlucky. Um, and they gave it a really good fight. They just they kept their calm. Um, and Adam Dewey looked good for them. But it's just... Yeah, I, I think a game like this, if, if they can win this, get some confidence, um, it could be good for them. It's at Leichhardt Oval. The Cowboys are just, they're just awful. Um, there's no, they're not playing for anything. There's no, there's... There's nothing there. Seems like everyone hates each other. There's no talk on the field. It's miserable to watch them. Yeah, I know. I and know. yeah, this is, this... This will be like a good tune-up for the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, Tigers, definitely. Tigers, Tigers need a game like well, this to, yeah. to kickstart. And then them, they I think. play they play Souths the week after, and then the week after that they play Manly. And you guys, you and the Tigers, we struggle with the Tigers yeah. sometimes. So yeah. you know they could go on a little patch here. They could. They could. All right. Yeah, we're both ticking. We refuse to tip the Cowboys on this podcast. Correct. And yeah, that will stick. Last game of the round: Eels versus the Dragons. Dragons. Can I say St George. <laughs> Can I actually just point out, in a 
in a market where there are eight teams in the one city, nine teams in the one city, this is the current NRL top eight. Penrith, Parramatta, the Roosters, Souths, Canberra, St. George, Melbourne, and Cronulla. Six out of eight of those teams are based in Sydney. And in fact, they're all pairs of rivals. Yeah. Penrith and Parra, Souths and the Roosters, Cronulla and St. George. And I, I just think that that is really good for NRL. Um, it, it creates a lot of interest. There's a lot of rivalries going on there. And it's great to see St. George uh, having a bit of a renaissance at the moment. It was against an injury-ravaged Newcastle team. Don't pull that face, Michael. Just cop it on the chin, all right? And I have to say, how good was it to see Tarek Sims last last Sunday in action? He was just awesome. He was cracking, cracking he had, tries. He had a really good game. Uh, they were fired he, up. He St. May, George were very may, fired up. He may have run the worst line possible towards the goal line, but he still somehow made it, no. beating two Newcastle backs. Look... Dragons have won three of their four games to start the season. Yep. Uh, they destroyed the Cowboys. Yep. They beat Manly. Yep. They beat a Knights team that lost their spine. Yep. This is their first test. I want to this, see them versus a good team. They have the chance to upset Parramatta this week. I don't think that. I'm going to go for Parramatta, but they have the chance to upset them. I think... Parramatta I think, were lucky they weren't playing better opponents. Blake Ferguson had a terrible game. Yeah, but that happens. You and it happens, with... <laughs> and it happens, and a better opponent, think... a better opponent that was more that would, is more confident could punish them. I I think that Para are a far better team than the Dragons, and I think this will be a reality check for Dragons fans who may have already purchased their grand final tickets. For <laughs> St. <laughs> um, George, um, Jack Bird is back from a one-game suspension. Madison returns from that head knock. Uh, pushing Papa Lee to the bench. Bryce Cartwright is set to debut off the interchange. Um, I'm going power up, but I think there's a chance of an upset. Dragons are dragons are preparing themselves for Anzac Day. They're just they're just getting, getting themselves ready. Getting ready. Can I also I, I want to say I've never seen anyone bungle a bomb better than Cody Ramsey. I, I watched it and <laughs> oh, I watched no. it I watched the replay like five or six times. I rewound my Voxel so I could watch it again. Him falling over, doing a backflip, trying to catch a a, a talk from Mitchell Pierce. Honestly, might be one of my favorite highlights. I'll tell you what's going on in training this week. The Dragons halves are kicking to Cody Ramsey, preparing for Blake Ferguson, and the Parramatta halves <laughs> are kicking to Blake Ferguson, preparing for Cody Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe how badly he screwed that up. It was hilarious to watch. I hope I see more of it. Um, that's it. That is it. Let's just run through the tips. So we're both going south over Brisbane. Both going the Warriors over Manly. Penrith over Canberra. Titans over Newcastle. Um, and the Storm over the Bulldogs. We then split. Michael's taking the Roosters, and I'm taking Cronulla at the SCG. We're both taking the Tigers, and we're both taking Parramatta. Perhaps a sign of the lopsided nature of the competition, which we will discuss sometime down the track, um, is the fact that Michael and I are in agreement on so many tips. Yeah, it's it's getting to be worrying. Um, I also noticed that you only got five this week. I had a shocker. That, I, that is getting worrying. Yeah. Aren't you the self-proclaimed tipping king? I know. Oh, this is a long season. i got time. Here we go. <laughs> 
These excuses, I, they roll off the tongue. This is the reason why I'm tipping the last Roosters this week. week. Last I tipped against them and it cost me and I'm not happy last, about it. This week, the excuse is in the tipping. Last week, the excuse was the Roosters lost. I'm just off rugby league. You know when you're just a bit off rugby league? Yeah, I, I had a bit of a temper tantrum, as you so aptly put it last week. <laughs> uh, but I did watch rugby league this week. I was happy to watch it. happy to watch my Roosters win. Uh, Hopefully, I get to see more of that. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening to this podcast, as always. Um, Rabbitohs fans, hopefully things are resolved with Reynolds. It's actually, I'm quite passionate about this, so it's nice to have this podcast to do it in. Yep. And one more thing, Emmanuel. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thanks, guys.